Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi and the Aqua Index family. And their message is that they mourn the passing of their dear friend, Uri Zilcha's mother, Sabiha Nisan Bat Salima, Alea Shalom, on her Shiloshim. And they send tremendous condolences to the family. Rabotai, <coughs> um, we are now nearly, we are now nearly, shh, we're now nearly at Rosh Hashanah. And the month of Elul, which is set aside in the most beautiful way for us to do Teshuvah, is almost drawing to a close. We have one week left. So I thought maybe in this last week where a person has the opportunity each day to fix all those days in the previous year. You fix, you did the Monday right, you can fix all the Mondays. The Tuesday, fix all the Tuesdays. It's considered in Shammai, a tremendous tikkun to get these days right. So Rabotai, I want to talk a little bit about what it is that we're supposed to be doing and focusing on. And I want to share with you the most magnificent idea from the Sfat Emet. The Sfat Emet writes <clears throat> that when we say in the Pasuk in Mizmor Toda, every morning we say in Mizmor Toda, um, the a, a, a Mizmor, a chapter which is written only about saying thank you to God. And I want to share with you one Pasuk, what it says in this pas- in, in Mizmor Toda. The Pasuk says, Mechila. <clears throat> Deu ki Hashem hu Elokim. You should know that God is Hashem is our God. Hu asanu, He made us. Velo anachnu. What does velo anachnu mean? He made us and velo and to Him anachnu we are. Velo anachnu. And to him, anachnu, we are. Okay? Since he made us, therefore, velo anachnu. We are here for him. We are here to be able to uh, spread God's message. We're here to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu's aims for this world. Tikkun olam, kiddush Hashem, mitzvot, ma'asim tovim, Torah. We are here to do that. However, what's fascinating about this pasuk is that while it says, Hu asanu, he made us, velo anachnu, the word is written differently to the way that it is read. It is written in its original form, velo anachnu, and not velo with an aleph. Who asanu, he made us, velo anachnu, and not us. Says this Fat Emet, what does that mean? Take a look. Lo is how it's read, lamid, vav. How is it written? Lo, lamid, Aleph. Lamid Vav, Lamid Aleph is the word Elul. What is the job of Elul, says the Sfat Emet? To recognize and to insert into our life this mantra I exist, I'm here to serve God. Velo Anachnu. He made me. Velo Anachnu. However, there's also another part of this. Uh, of this paradigm that a person needs to work on in Elul. Number one, that I am here, I exist, my purpose, my mission is to serve God. However, the second part of the trial of Elul is Velo Anachnu. How much are we not ourselves? How close are we to God? 
How far and how close and how far are we to ourselves? Lo anachnu means we belong to Him. The lo anachnu means, and sometimes we are distant from our true selves. I saw the most beautiful mashal from a rabbi called Rabbi Shanel Shvili came over here, and I have to share with you this mashal. It is magnificent. He says, imagine you're walking down the street. And as you're walking down the street, all of a sudden you turn the corner. And what do you see? You see a full-grown lion. Escaped from the Central Park Zoo. He came to Safra because he heard about the sick breakfast. Okay? Do you understand? Let's be honest. It's the reason why most of us come to Safra. Okay? Not only that, they have the cold brew coffee sponsored anonymously by Mordechai for in the Leilunishmat, Mordechai Ben Rivka. Shalom. Okay? Now this lion is coming towards you. The claws are extruded. They come out of the paw. The teeth are bared. What happens? The person he melts. Number one, he melts on the spot. Number two, he needs a change of underwear, Hazit. Okay? That's what happens. You see a lion like that. However, what happens if instead of the lion being over here on 63rd, between 5th and Madison, you go one block over into the Central Park Zoo? You go with your kid this big. You go with your wife. Mashallah. You know, she's not very strong. She's a frail. Baruch Hashem, beautiful, but not any match for a lion. You look at the lion in this beautiful zoo. What are you doing? You're eating popcorn. By the way, it's very dangerous. I realized I had to learn the hard way. Very dangerous to eat popcorn in the zoo when they also give you and they sell the food that you feed to the animals. <laughs> Try not to eat at the same time as you have the animal feed. Because, you know, it's very easy to mix up hands. I'm going to leave it at that, okay? So you go to the zoo, you see the lion in the cage. Are you scared? No. It's entertainment. What's the difference if you're entertained by the lion or you're terrified by the lion? What's the difference? The cage. In the zoo, there's a cage. On the street, there's no cage. That means that the difference between whether someone feels the pain, the, excuse me, the fear, the anxiety of the lion being there or not is whether or not there's something distancing separating between him and it. We say about the month of Elul that Ashkenazim blow shofar every day. We say silichot. It takes roughly the same amount of time, no? Right? Ashkenazim blow the shofar. But what does it say about the shofar? The lion roars. Who won't fear? Who is not going to approach these days with trepidation? Who's not going to change when they understand how, how important and magnificent these days are? You know what the difference is? You know who doesn't react to the lion? A person where there's so much distance between them and somebody else, and, and the lion. Rabotai, as well in Elul, the difference between whether we do the day the right way, or days the right way or the wrong way, is how much distance we've placed between ourselves and God. You come into synagogue and you're just enjoying the tunes. You're not, you're not realizing what's going on over here. So what's the difference between Elul, which is successful and not? Number one, lo anachnu. Are you there? Are you in, a, in the moment to serve? Hakadosh Baruch The second thing is, lo anachnu. Sometimes we get distanced from our very selves. I want to talk about for two minutes what exactly that means, Rabotai. Velo anachnu versus velo anachnu. 
The Magid Midubna gives the most magnificent mashal. The king and his entourage stop at an artisan's shop. They knock on the door. The artisan opens his door. He can't believe it. Who's there? The door of the king. The king says, I've seen on Instagram, right? <laughs> the king has Instagram. I've seen on Instagram. He goes under a different hashtag. He goes, not a king. Hashtag not a king. Anyway, so he's on Instagram and he says, I noticed that you have the most magnificent pieces that you design out of gold and silver and precious metals. He says, soon I have a big birthday coming up. I'm going to treat myself to one of your uh, creations. I would like you to make me a golden, adorned, bejeweled, bedazzled uh, goblet. Something I could drink out of in front of my friends and they won't know what to do with themselves. Their eyes will be poked out. I could do that. I'm the king, right? Rabutai, the guy says to him, no problem. I need a kilo of gold. I need 50 diamonds that are... What, what's, the, what's the thing, uh, Sammy? D, D, E? D, S, 1. V, S, 1. But what D is the color, right? D and V, S, 1. Okay? I need... V, V, S. V, V, S. Sorry, V, V, S. Mechila, I'm going to have... After this, I'm going to have all the jeweler people on the chat are going to leave. Okay? V, V, S, is it? Okay. And what's the color? The right color? D, right? Okay, D and VVS. It needs to be unbelievable. I need a bunch of them. The guy says, okay. He says, and I need rubies, and I need sapphires, and I need pearls. Everything, all the things I need, I'm going to have here. The king says, no problem, no problem, no problem. Just, I need it to be, poke your eyes out, gorgeous. The guy says, no problem. He says, I need one year to complete it. And he says, I'm going to be working on your item. He says, I need you to pay me a salary every month. The king, no problem. Whatever you need. So the guy's got the salary, he's got the goods, he starts working on the cup, all of a sudden he has nothing to worry about. There's nothing bringing him into the office, he don't need customers. He has someone paying him, he stops going to the office. After he stops going to the office, he starts getting his coffee a little bit later and later. First he moves from the 6.30 minyan to the 7.10 minyan. Then he moves from the 7.10 minyan to the 8 o'clock minyan. After the 8 o'clock minyan, there's nowhere to go, he starts praying at home. You know what they say, the guy prays at home? He prays by the kotel. Right, yeah, I need better wall, okay? This is a guy, Hazid, this guy, slowly but surely getting more and more lazy, everything, because he's got, now he's got a fat lifestyle. He's eating every day, Mike's Bistro, Reserve Cut, Abaita, Ishtabach Shemo, he's gained 57 pounds already because of this new job, okay? But he's, he's got his living. Eventually, his lifestyle outstrips the salary that he's getting every day. He's barely working on the King's Cup anymore. What does he do? He starts selling a diamond. He starts selling a little bit of the gold, a little bit of the pearls, a couple of rubies. Nothing's going on. For 11 months, the guy is living like a king. After 11 months pass by, a beautiful envelope comes under the door. It's embossed with the seal of the king, and it says, 11 months have passed. You said that it will be ready in one year. You have one month from now, we're setting an appointment for you to come and present the goblet in front of the king and all of his friends and all of the ministers. The guy almost loses his lunch from Abaita. Why? Biflage. He sold half the diamonds. He sold half the rubies. He, what's it called? He barely worked on this cup. 
He's missing a big part of the gold. What's he going to do? He's terrified. He decides, you know what? <clears throat> Whatever's gone, is gone. But whatever I have left, with what I have left, let me make something that's so beautiful that the king will look at it and say, you know what? It doesn't need more. <clears throat> you know how sometimes something is magnificent, you think anything more is adding? The guy says, that's what I'm going to aim for. I'm going to aim for that reaction. For one month, this guy, every night, he stays up to all hours of the night. He's engraving the most minute detail, web work and birds and things. And then in the corner, he does the king's face, you know, like engraved on the, bot on the side of the cup so no one could ever mistake it for anybody else. It's a once in a lifetime piece. No one ever, the cup, instead of being like this though, it's a shot glass, you understand? <laughs> very, very small. <clears throat> anyway, he's sitting there back and forth, but he kills himself. Hazit, the guy comes, his eyes are red. The day comes, he comes to the court, and he, he says to the king, you know, king, wine drinking, uh, it's out. You know what's in? Tequila shots. <laughs> he says, I didn't want people to think you were uh, old school. I wanted them to think you were current, up with it with the kids. So, you know, whiskey and tequila are in, wine's out. So you know what? I made you the most beautiful shot glass you could ever imagine. No one's going to be able to focus on their drink, even if it's a, you know, a 25-year Macallan, because they're going to be looking at your glass. The king says, Magna, let me see it. Anyway, they take it, they unveil it, it's live screen outside, everyone live streamed. They open it up and the king is turning it around. He says, this is perfect. The diamonds, the way it's set, the engraving, my face, I never saw such a handsome guy in my life, right? The king says, and he's, he's overjoyed. The guy, for the first time in a month, he breathes a sigh of relief. Until the Sar HaOtsar, the minister of the treasury, takes the cup and he sticks it on a scale. And he says, Mehila, your majesty, is beautiful, but it's missing three quarters of the gold. I counted the diamonds, and there's only 20 there out of 50. Never mind the pearls, there's only two rubies. The guy's a saf. I say, we take him outside to teach the people a lesson, and in front of the crowds that came to see the glass, we cut off his head, and we do kibul hadam in his cup. The guy, he can't breathe. He says, please, the soldiers are already coming. They're trained well to grab him. But the king is still sitting there looking at this little cup. And he says to the guy, he says, you're right, you know what? He says, they did take it. But who, I don't need the money. I don't need his gold. I don't need the diamonds. I don't need the rubies. I don't care about the salary. What I wanted was something magnificent, something which showed a tremendous amount of craftsmanship, of artisan work. And look at this cup, it's beautiful, however small it is. It's beautiful. I say, he says, we give him more gold, we give him more diamonds, we give him more rubies, we give him another salary. Let's see what this guy could really do if we give him another chance. Rabotai, this man is all of us. 11 months go by, we haven't done a thing. We've spent all the opportunities that we had, the diamonds <clears throat> that are in the form of mitzvot, of classes of Torah, of chances at charity. What have we done? We've, we've wasted them away, wild them away on stupidity. But now comes the last month and we don't have any of those opportunities left. 
But we say to ourselves, what's gone is gone. At least let's make this month the time right before Rosh Hashanah when we're going to go and present to the king. Let's show him how much work we're going to put in onto something small. And we bring him this little cup and it's magnificent, but it's missing so much. And the Sara Utsar, the Satan weighs our offering to God and he says it's gorgeous, but it's not enough. How many chances did they miss? How many opportunities? It's not good enough. But Borei Olam says, look at the effort that the guy put in. Look at his eyes, the bloodshot eyes. That they chased away. They got up in the middle of the night or early in the morning to say, Selichot. You know, I want to give him one more chance. But that depends, Rabbi on us. Number one, the recognition of Velo Anachnu. You know what, I'm here to give my very best, however small it is. Borei Olam, he doesn't really need your mitzvot. He's got enough mitzvot, like he's got enough gold. What does he want from you? He wants to show that you're putting in that effort and you're showing him that love and, and dedication. So now during this month, we're going to present to him something small, polished and beautiful. One mitzvah, two mitzvot, gorgeous. You pick it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And that's what we present on Rosh Hashanah. Rabotai, the second thing is velo anachnu. We need to work on this opportunity to be able to not be just about ourselves. And I think that there's something magnificent, a paradox, if you will. We think that the more that we work on ourselves, the more that we give to ourselves, the more that we have. But actually, the irony is, like Churchill said, we make a life by what? Anyone here? Churchill. We make a life by what we give. Someone Google it. That's not the whole quote. Churchill. We make a life. I want to hear if someone gets it. I'm going to Google it at the same time. Ready? Churchill. We make we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Now, I think this is amazing. What does it mean we make a living by what we get? It means that there's a lot of things that we need to take in order to survive. But surviving and thriving are two different things. A human being really comes into himself when he's capable of giving pieces away. Now, in the literal sense, we know that a person can't take anything with them when they die. So the opportunities to be able to take something with you, the only thing that you take away with you, ironically, is what you gave away. Anything you kept, you can't take, right? Give away to tzedakah. So if I have a million dollars in my bank account and I died with it, what happens? It dies with me. If I gave a million away to tzedakah, what do I take with me to shamayim? A million dollars, okay? So you get to take away so much so the Gemara says that if you have a sheep and it's trying to cross the river, if the sheep has been shaved, the sheep will make it across. If the sheep has not been shaved, the wool that it's carrying with it will get wet and cause it to drown. The same thing is true, Rabotai, for all of us. But it's not just when we die that if we have our wool, then we'll drown because of the possessions we kept to ourselves that we didn't share. But rather, even in, every, in a day-to-day -day moment, a person can be someone who's living, or a person can be the walking dead. How do we become the walking dead? 
by constantly trying to take Rabotai, we don't allow our true self to be expressed. Human beings are different from all other animals only because of this. We are capable of living unselfish lives. And if you are living a selfish life, you are expressing and living your animalistic self. And if you live a humane life, a selfless life, then you were expressing your human self. Says the Pasuk, Lo, Lo with the Vav. What does that mean? We are to him. How are we to him when we are Lo Anachna, when we are not to ourselves? Every chance a person gets to serve God is a chance where he decides, me or God? Ten more minutes in bed or ten more minutes in shul? <clears throat> ten more minutes, you know, on the, you know, running around? <clears throat> or ten more minutes of Torah? Ten more minutes, Rabotai. It's me or them? Ten more dollars to me? Ten more dollars to charity. Everything is a chance to face up the law versus the law. And that is the challenge of Elul. What's it going to be? The Shulchan Aruch says, unbelievably, that every single year before Shanah, the Shabbat that we read the Torah is the Shabbat of Nitzavim. Atem Nitzavim Lefnei Amonai. And we read it because every year you need to be reminded you're about to stand before God. What do you want to look like? What do you want to produce? What are you going to whip out your pocket when God asks, what did you produce and is it worth investing in you for one more year? This is the month of Elul. We have one more week, Rabotai. What do you want to do? What do you want to do to get through? What are you going to shave off to get across the river? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi